Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today on the Word Podcast. Ah, I'll tell you what, we're moving into a portion of Scripture that gets really, really interesting now, okay? We're in the Gospel of Matthew, and I want to go back and read the last uh, four or five verses that we covered in a previous episode of Matthew 16. Uh, remember, uh, in the original writings, which we don't have any of the original extent writings of uh, anything out of the Scripture, in the original writings, there's no chapter division, there's no verse division, it's just they're just writing, Okay. And sometimes we lose uh, the flow of what's happening because of our versification and our chapterification, if that's a word. So I just want to set the context for what we're going to press on into looking at today. So in Matthew chapter 16, verse 24, it says this. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man is going to come in the glory of his Father with his angels and will then repay every man according to his deed. Now this is still Jesus speaking. Truly I say to you, there are some of those who are standing here who will not taste death until they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. So what's, what's the last thing he said right there? That there are some who are standing here right now who will not taste death. That's interesting. Death sort of has a taste. There's something that you go through. There's something you experience will not taste death until they see the Son of Man coming in His glory. The very next verse, Matthew chapter 17, verse 1, says this, Six days later, well, six days later from what? Six days later from that statement. Six days later from when Jesus had that in, those encounters that we have there in chapter 16. Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John, his brother, and led them up on a high mountain by themselves. So notice what's going on here, the, the intentionality of it. Jesus took these three disciples, Peter, James, and John, took them off by themselves up to a high mountain. It's six days later after Jesus had told them something. And we start seeing some things if we'll pay attention. There were things that Jesus knew in advance. Okay? Jesus knew that there were going to be some of them that would see him come in his glory prior to the time that they died. Matthew's going to tie it in to this account right here of what happened, that this is the fulfillment of that. And so you see this all through the gospel. And you say, well, what's going on here? Well, it's real simple. Uh, John gives this understanding when he, uh, and I mention this all the time, but it's so pivotal. <clears throat> Uh, when Jesus is praying in John 17, what we call his high priestly prayer, he's speaking to the Father. And he says, Father, you know, I did not do anything you didn't tell me to do. 
I didn't say anything he didn't tell me to say. The father would speak to him, and he would do what father said to do, which is what we're supposed to do in like fashion. So here they are, Jesus, Peter, James, and John. They're on a high mountain. They're by themselves, verse 2. And Jesus was transfigured before them. It's the word metamorpho, folks, transformed. You see this in uh, Romans 12, 1 and 2. First, first Corinthians 12, 1 and 2. <laughs> and so he's, he's transformed. He's changed from one to another. Trans means across a figure. Okay, we use it in the English language. Something happens here. He's transformed before them. There is a description Matthew gives us. He was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his garments became as white as light. That's an interesting uh, description, isn't it? That a garment is as white as light. Well, how white is light? Well, pure light, just pure light, has all the spectrums of color in it. If you've ever seen, a, is it phosphorus, I think? <clears throat> and when phosphorus burns, it is just this pure, pure white light, uh, just piercing of the eyes. That's how his garments were. His garments were white. His face shone like the sun. He was changed before them. Verse 3 of Matthew 17. And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them talking with him. So suddenly you have Moses and Elijah who appeared to them. They see him. They see Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. Now there's all sorts of questions that pop in your mind. One of them is how do they know it's Moses and Elijah? I mean, they didn't have pictures of them. Did Jesus introduce them? <laughs> oh, by the way, this is Moses. This is Elijah. You know, what's happening there? Mm, probably not. I suspect that the Lord gave them the knowledge that this is Moses and that this is Elijah. And they're talking with Jesus. So what does that tell you? Well, that tells you that there's a period of time that's going by here, okay? There's something that, you know, they're, they're seeing some things. They're hearing some things, okay? There's communication taking place. They're experiencing something. Are they actually experiencing this in the natural? Or are they experiencing this in the unseen realm? Well, later on here, down the ninth verse, Jesus calls this a vision. Okay, a vision. But that could simply mean that they saw it. Because what it, Moses and Elijah appeared to them. So I just want us to think through some things here. Because we're going to spend a couple episodes on this account. Just think through some things right here. Start with, they're seeing Moses and Elijah. And Moses and Elijah are not dead. Yes, they're dead from the corporeal existence, had been dead for thousands of years. But here they are talking with Jesus. What would that say to these three disciples about the resurrection talk that Jesus has given? He'd been saying to them, hey, i got to go to Jerusalem. I'm going to be mistreated by the religious rulers. I'm going to be killed, but on the third day I'm going to rise again. What does that say to them about that? What does that verify to them about that? 
Because here they are looking at Moses and Elijah. See, they would know now beyond any shadow of a doubt that resurrection is real. They know now beyond any shadow of a doubt that the glory of the Most High God is manifested in Jesus because he's transfigured before them. What, how did Jesus describe this in the uh, chapter before? He said that they would see the glory of the Son of Man. Now, we're going to see later that Jesus tells them, don't tell anybody about this vision until the Son of Man has risen from the dead. Once he had risen from the dead, guess what they're going to be able to do? They're going to come together. The three of them, why three? Why didn't he just take Peter? Why didn't he just take James? Why didn't he just take John? Because from the law, what did it say? Out of the testimony of two or three, okay, you had a threefold testimony of them seeing Jesus before he was killed, before he was resurrected, transfigured into the glory that he was going to experience. But see, Jesus had glory before, but now he's going to have glory with that glorified body, which, by the way, all believers will ultimately receive. Is that not great? Uh, I'll tell you what, we'll, we'll continue on with this in the next episode. Again, I'm Dale. Thank you so much for your time, and I'll see you then.